This week, Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Talk to Walden, a band. (laughs) (laughs) Not Waldo, Walden. Walden. About their 50-state U.S. tour that they booked all by themselves. This is a great discussion. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need to succeed in this new music. Musicians and industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship opportunities. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold. As always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? Very well. Having a good day. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. We've mm-hmm. got uh, we've got somebody who just completed a 50, 51 date, 50 state because they did two shows in California. Yeah, but they they played one. Sh- they played in every it- single state of the United States, including yeah. Hawaii and Alaska. <laughs> And they booked this all on their own yeah. and they were their own drivers, their own crew. This isn't like Paul McCartney going out and saying, I'm going to do this. And my Learjet's taking me from, yeah. you know, Chicago to Minnesota to Illinois. No, no. These guys were in a band. So yeah. this, this is, this is going to be a really lot, great lot to learn uh, from um, their experience. Yep. But before we get rolling on that interview, just a quick shout out to everybody at HypeBot. And bands in town, thank you for the great support you continue to show this podcast week after week. And of course, we invite everybody to join us over at the Bands in Town artist community. Head over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Some great discussions have been building up uh, based around every weekly episode we've got over there. So come over, join the party there on Bands in Town and their artist community. Um. And of course, we want to do a, a, a big thank you to discmakers.com. You've been sponsoring this show for quite a while. We appreciate it. Yep. Um, we know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online and at gigs. And this episode, we talk about just how important mm-hmm. some merch sales are to a tour. Yep has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. So we put together a great little offer for you. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out, Use the promo code FREEBIZ. This is all one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. So, Jay, who's who's joining us this week? We have a really great show. Um, today, we have Matt Lattice, who is the manager of alt-rock band Walden, and we have their singer-keyboard uh, player, Eric Hangartner. And uh, we're, we're thrilled. We've been trying to get them on for a while. You and I have talked about some of the things that they've done as far as marketing and, and this tour that you just alluded to. Um, but yeah, these guys are from Walden, the band. 
so let it roll. You're going to learn something about how you can book your own tour and, and, and just the fun and interesting things you can do to make touring and selling tickets and engaging with your fans and experience. Today, we are thrilled to be joined with Matt Lattice, who is the manager of the alt-rock band Walden, and their singer-keyboard uh, player, Eric Hangartner. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your busy day. We appreciate it. You know, Matt and I grabbed lunch uh, a little while back, and I just loved the, well, there's a lot of stories, but the one I'd like to kick it off with is back in September 2021, you guys did a, a tour playing a show in all 50 states. And I read this piece and ran it in your morning coffee, you know, this Where's Walden tour. And Matt, you sent me a video a while back for the moment, which is phenomenal. One of the best videos. I rarely watch a video twice. And I just thought that was just <laughs> such an amazing video. So 90 days, 51 shows, 26,000 miles. Tell us a little bit about the Where's Walden tour. Well, well wait, wait, wait a second. 51 shows there's only 50 states do you know something we don't know california is a big state and <laughs> oh i thought maybe you played puerto rico or something and said yeah um yeah we we hit san fran on our way to la um but no thank All you right. guys for having us here we're, we're super excited to be here i know eric and i both get fired up when we talk about this tour and the fact that it could be inspiring to other people or you know just in, in, informational yeah. Um, but yeah, we're all super excited to be here. Um, I met these guys, the, the band Wald, and they've been together for 10 years. They've been rocking. They've been doing their thing. I met them in January 2021 through a friend who used to book them, connected us, hopped on a Zoom. Clearly, the vibes were great. Um, and then I met them in person for the first time in March. And at this first ever in-person meet, um, we're getting beers. It's all four of them and me. And we're just, you know, getting to know each other and they're, you know, like vaccines are coming out and they've been wanting to get back out there, but they don't have an agent anymore. And I was like, guys, just why don't you book your own tour? Like, why don't you just get out there, book a couple breweries, book some house parties, just, you know, you own a van, you got a PA system. You guys have, you know, probably Let's 250 go. shows under your belt. Get off your asses and go. Can we curse on this, by the way? Is that, oh, is that yeah, good? Sure. Yep. Okay. Encourage <laughs> it. Okay. <laughs> <Fuck> <laughs> So I, you know, I was like, why don't you guys get out there and like go to the bathroom. And as I came back, Eric jumps in and he's like, Matt, I, you know, I've always, I have this bucket list. I've always wanted to see all 50 States. We're going to do that idea, but we're going to do all 50. And I was like, oh my God, this is some crazy <laughs> energy. You, you're like, wait a second. I wasn't that excited. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't the manager yet or anything. So I was like in my head, like, oh, these guys have the, you know, they got the goods. Like they're, they're, you know, this is the kind of energy I want to be around. But I was just like casual. I was like, all right, cool. Let's see about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where it all started. Um, Eric, am I missing any, any details from that? No, that's, that's pretty much exactly how when I was like, I had this epiphany where I was like, I had the vision for the 50 state tour just hit me. I was so excited about it. And, and when Matt got back from the bathroom and I told him, he was just like, okay. I was like, uh, all right. So, so <laughs> I don't know so, if anyone believes me right now. <laughs> so, I mean, even the biggest artists out there don't do 50 state tours and they've got major management teams and major labels and major agents and production teams who advance everything. Walk us through just, I mean, 
it's easy to say, let's just go book our own shows. It's very easy to say that it's different to do it. And then it's different to say, I want to book a show in every single state and, and not like have a week between shows where you can actually make this a feasible tour. How difficult was that to put together? Well, it's funny, Michael, because you got a, you got the sayer and the doer both on the call right now. So <laughs> I'm definitely the sayer. I was the one like, we're going to play a show in all 50 states. And then I was like, Matt, you figure out how. <laughs> no, no, it was, I would say that it, if it was, it was such a team effort. And if it, if this was like a solo act and, and the solo acts manager and it's two people, it may, may have been, it'll be, it would have been significantly more difficult, but you know, Walden's a four piece band and they're all in it together. Um, and I sort of hopped on the team and we brought my friend Sam in as our photographer, videographer who came on the whole tour with us. So we were a six person touring party and the idea came in, you know, March, April, and the guys just started booking like a couple rooms in cities they played in, like Atlanta, New York City. And next thing you know, two shows are booked and, you know, 48 to go. Um, and I only became their manager formally or formally, I guess, like a month or two before the tour. Um, and so it, it took a, you know, like it's not like this band just came out of nowhere. It's like, all right, we're just going to go debut ourselves, play all the, in all these States. Like the guys had played in several States before they played on big festival stages. Like they, they've been around the block and like, you know, like they have experience, they played a few hundred shows. Um, so we kind of targeted, okay, what are cities where we can actually sell tickets in a club, you know, LA, Denver, Atlanta, Nashville, Chicago, et cetera. And there was about 10 cities like that, where it was like, let's space we use a road trip planning website where we like planned out oh, like a great. road trip and like this whole map and came nice. up with different configurations. And we were like, well, we're going to start in the South because that's where they live. Tennessee, you know, Nashville, Atlanta, uh, debut in Atlanta and work our way up. And then we're going to cut across the country. Then we're going to come down and then we're going to cut back across the country. And no one had done this before. So there wasn't like a blueprint, um, but it was very much a team effort and everyone wore different hats. I think every single member of the band, was instrumental in booking at least one show. Like Eric posted on his Instagram, does anybody know any rafting guides in the South? And we ended up meeting a guy who's a white water rafting guide. And we ended up trading a free show for a small town of rafting guides in exchange for going on a category five raft, uh, rafting trip with him. And that just came through like a friend of his knew a guy who happened to be like our perfect guy. Um, so everyone was involved in planning at least one show and myself and two others from the band, our, uh, our drummer, Andrew, and our bassist, Jamie, were sort of like the, the, um, the main frontier in sending booking emails. Um, and so, yeah, it started with booking a couple anchor dates. And by the time we hit the road, we didn't have all 50 booked. This wasn't like a fully confirmed tour with like a fancy poster that has all the dates and all the cities, and right. the ticket links, none of that. It was like, got the big shows booked, got a couple in-betweens that are like, you know, a couple ideas floating. And then when we were on the road day, day one, like our van was like startup HQ. Like we had multiple hotspots going. We were sending booking emails, creating TikToks, sending press emails, like making content. Like it was, you were either driving, you were sleeping or you were working. <laughs> there was very few in-betweens. And so that's kind of how we did it. It was like, we had a very clear mission. It was to actually get through this whole thing, play a show in every state and hopefully break even. And because we had such a clear vision for that, it was easy to stay true to it because if a show canceled on us last minute in this state, 
tough luck. We need another show because we can't like backtrack to Connecticut once we're in Seattle. Right. It's like right. we have a route. And if and if it came to it and we needed to just post up on like a, in like a park or on a street corner, set up our show and just, you know, play a free show until the cops come. That was always a backup plan. But I'm like stoked to say we never had to do that. There was always some type of show that where we made some type of money um, or got fed some type of food and beer. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did it. Man, I think that's me, so amazing. Let, let, let me ask you, you back to you mentioned, you know, you pick the cities where it's like, OK, we know we can sell tickets in these these small, the small group of cities here. Were you using data that was available to you, whether it was from bands in town or Facebook insights where you were able to sit here and go, OK, we know San Francisco, we got 500 supposedly fans. I mean, it's not that you've do, you've done anything with them before, but at least data is telling you where your pockets of fans were. Were you utilizing data like that? I'd say to an extent, um, because there were so many cities, it was hard to like overanalyze any city, um, you know, and, and, and such. But like based on streaming followers, you know, we can see on Spotify and Apple where we have a lot of listeners and hopefully those listeners can convert into fans. Not not always the case. Um, I will say that I mean we have bands in town and we got a nice little following on there and use that a little bit. But we just went with raw instinct. And knowing that we have a, we never played in Denver, but we know we have friends in Denver and those friends have friends. And so we brought 200 people out to the Lost Lake Lounge and it was a debut Denver show. Um, and the guys actually just announced recently they're moving to Denver um, next month and playing an, a show at the next size up venue. So a lot of it was instinct, but there was some data that said, we also, you know, past show experience, you know, like. The, you know, our tour history in certain cities helped dictate. But I got to be honest, a lot of these cities where we knew we could sell tickets, we didn't know for sure we could sell tickets. It was OK. We know people out there. We know we have listeners out there. You right. know, we know we have fans. We were making TikTok content along the way where we were like promoting the 50 state tour and, uh, you know, um, prompting the audience or, you know, this cold audience to let us know where they are and where we should do a show. Because in certain states like Arkansas, like we don't know what city is popping in Arkansas, if we should go to this city or that city. And if like, let's say a few people were like, hey, we'd, we'd love to like come out and see you in Fayetteville or wherever, that helped inform it. But it wasn't sizable enough data, Michael, to like really be making super, you know, super analytical decisions. It was more like, all right, what city has a lot of people? What venues are like in a good location where we can get walk-up traffic and, you know, go around and promote it before the show? Because um, with 51 shows and also like, actively booking it's hard it was like we're finding the line between promoting shows and we didn't spend a dollar on advertising it was all organic and word of mouth um wow and and also like locking in new shows especially some of these smaller shows that cancel on us or they you know they like oh it's you know weather's bad or whatever and so we had to pivot quickly so we were just always on the go like trying to find an answer yeah one of the things that you did that I thought was so smart. I think you mentioned his name was Sam. You brought somebody on the road to do photos, videos, because today, you know, that's currency. I mean, you need it. You mentioned TikTok. You have it for socials. You have it for YouTube. You have it for your website. You have it for promotion. You have it for a lot of reasons. But I don't think I was really prepared for the quality of the video for the moment. Um, when I saw that, 
you know, you'd used a drone on some shots. You know, there was some really creative uh, photography and, and videography in that. Talk a little bit about Sam and about kind of your mindset on bringing somebody on board. I mean, you got a skeleton crew. You can't bring everybody, you know, um, but you chose that. Talk about that a little bit. You want to take it? No, you got it. I want you to talk about it. <laughs> um, the guys had originally, I mean, they're, the, the walling guys are just really smart dudes. Like they were like, we need a photographer for this tour. Like they, that was like more priority than like a tour manager manager. Cause they've tour managed for themselves before they didn't realize. I mean, I obviously brought a lot to the table and I sold merch and did a lot of things, but that was like top priority for them. And they had a guy and he ended up getting like a dream job working for the NFL or something. Oh, and wow. so he had to back out and we couldn't tell him like, turn down your dream job. So we ended up having to go on the offense to find somebody. And uh, we were talking to some people we found through social media who we thought they had amazing content. But Sam was a friend who I had had shoot events of mine before. And I knew I knew I could trust him and I knew he would fit in culturally with the guys. Um, we needed someone who was, you know, serious about their work, but also fun and someone we'd enjoy spending. Well, yeah, you're in close quarters, with. right? You're like I mean, crammed into a van. You better get along. Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking six dudes staying in like a one, you know, a single motel room, you know, on nights where we didn't have couches and floors to sleep on. So we needed someone who we knew would be in it with us. Um, and Sam was definitely that guy. And so they, they had the, prim they had the idea we need a photographer, videographer. I happened to know Sam was um, in the middle in freelancer mode. And now he works somewhere full-time, but before that he kind of had this like period where he was, available so we, we we locked him in and he you know god bless him he managed to stay with us and the rule was you know just always have cameras always in hand you know like you saw the moment music video and that has um and that came out recently a couple weeks ago and that documents all kinds of beautiful places we went oh, yeah. um national Amazing. parks um you know all kinds of outdoorsy places live shows behind the scenes just van life um, and that's just maybe one, one millionth of the content we have. And we have like terabytes worth of footage. So that wow. was so instrumental because we, we knew this was assuming we could pull it off. We knew this was a story we wanted to tell. And we now have all that footage and that, you know, like you said, it's a currency and it's, it's something that we, you know, Eric's the, Eric's definitely the creative guy of the group. who has got the eye. So he's always like sort of trying to help find the best shots and sort of, um, you know, help create that vision and such. I definitely was more of a fat, you know, hands off. I told them I'll do anything. I'll be the assistant. I'll carry the cords. I'll, you know, get Sam his lenses, help in any way. But I take no credit for the creativity of all of the stuff we captured. I, I have so many great videos on my phone of Matt um, being the, the camera assistant while on a, a, on a business call, like booking us a show go like five states ahead while also like <laughs> holding a microphone or doing something for Sam. Love so it. So funny. Love it. Now, after this was all done and you look back at it now, are there a couple things you would have done differently or approached differently? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's all sorts of things we would have done differently, but I think like really it was, it, it came from such a place of just wanting to get back out there. You know, this, this was less of like a um, like, let's, let's be super strategic about the way we do this and, and make this like a huge career move for us. This was way more about just enjoying being in a band again. Uh, Cause the pandemic just made it so tough on everybody. 
And I felt like I kind of lost my passion for like why I, I joined the band in the first place. I it was my dream to play in a band. And then, you know, I was sitting there during the pandemic going like, is, is this really what I signed up for? I didn't, I, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And so for us to like come up with this vision of getting out there and doing something like bigger than we've ever done before was just really exciting. And I think like reinvigorated everybody. It's a great narrative, you know, and I was telling Matt this, you know, over lunch, it's just, it publicists love having something to talk about other than, Oh, we've got a new thing out. This is just a wonderful story. And I shared it with a lot of friends and they, they just, it opened their minds to some other things was, were you guys staying at fans homes? Did you do any of that where you would be in a market and you're like, you know, sleeping on the couch? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there were several times during shows where I would, I would always joke on the microphone, like, and if anyone has a couch for us to sleep on tonight, you know, <laughs> come talk to us after the show. That's awesome. It, I mean, it, you know, you know, it was only half joking. I mean, uh, and, and several times afterwards, we'd have people approach us and, you know, we had a really nice couple in Charleston approach us and let us sleep at their awesome historic home in downtown Charleston. Um, so and we had a great experience with them. And yeah, that yeah. happened a few times on the tour. I mean, people, that's great. People were so eager, not just willing, but like truly eager to help. Um, mm-hmm. and that I think that comes hand in hand with whenever you see someone pursuing something they really mm-hmm. are, are super passionate about. Anyone, anytime someone's really like chasing their dream, I think everyone rallies behind that and really wants to help make that happen because it, it is so rare, right? We spend so much of our lives sort of like, dreaming it but never really trying to do it and so when we, yeah. when we see other people doing it we're all inspired to want to get involved yeah that's like the ultimate vip meet and greet experience take the band <laughs> take the band home and let them sleep in your house do a little yeah, laundry yeah. <laughs> you know feed them a little bit i had one of my clients just finish a 40 date tour and all but i think two dates they stayed at fans homes mm-hmm. and so i know that's a thing when they were in los angeles they stayed at, at my home and, and Mike's 100% right because, yeah, they have a, a place where they can, you know, you can have coffee with them in the morning with your fuzzy slippers on and you can, you know, bond with them on a, on a whole different level. It reminds me of, and this will lead me beautifully into the next story, for a couple of decades, I've been doing living room shows and I've done things, you know, with Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears and Lisa Loeb and Jason Faulkner. And I've had some really amazing, amazing artists over the years. Did you do any of those like house concert, living room shows, backyard? Did you do any of those on this run? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I, I wish we had done more. Um, the mm-hmm. ones we did were so great. I kind of wish we had put in a little more effort to try They're to make some more happen. Because yeah. those, are, those are really just so They're special. special yeah. always. Um, there, was, um, there was a really cool DIY venue in New Jersey called Mom's House. And <laughs> they... They have this house. It's like an abandoned house. It says mom's house on it and they do shows there. And I don't uh, even remember who, who got in touch, but it happened through social media, through like a Facebook DIY group or something. And it ended up being such an epic show. And we had an option to stay with a family friend, like an hour away in like a nice suburban house, or we could stay at mom's house with the <laughs> venue and the, and the promoters and the other vans. And it was so cool. And just, we stayed up late having like the most interesting spiritual talk with oh, the, amazing. the father of the guy who organizes it, who was like also the video guy. Um, and it just, you, the people you meet along the way, 
you know, you go to each show excited to play the gig and the gig is kind of like the culmination of that portion of the route, but it's really the stuff that happens before and after that I think makes it super yeah. special because we're playing a set, we're playing a show, we're selling some t-shirts, like that much we know, but it's the people we meet along the way. And I have a funny story at that mom's house show. So sure. I was our merch guy and our sound guy whenever we were doing our own production. So I was like wow. working multiple iPads sure, um, sure. and I'm at the merch table and these two like young, probably 14 year old kids come up wearing like leather pants and like, you know, like chains and, and stuff. And they're, we're talking and they were telling me they have a band. And I was like, I was like super excitedly telling them about the tour and this and that. And like, Oh, like you're, you're great at like promoting them and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the guys don't usually like to promote themselves, but I guess that's what a manager's for. And these guys are like, oh, cool. They bought a poster. And as they're walking away, one of them pushes the other is like, hey, we need a manager. <laughs> and I just remember that moment. Like, sticking that's with awesome. Like, that was, it was so cute. Um, and yeah, it was just like that kind of stuff only happens at like a house party in the middle of like, I don't know, Trenton, New Jersey or wherever. Sure. The hell, I can't even remember where it was. So a lot of cool little stories like that, um, that I think really made every evening that much more unique and special for all of us. That's so cool. I mean, it's really all about those relationships, right? When you're out on the road, you meet, you know, a club owner or a local radio station or just a fan and you keep track and you keep in touch and that helps, you know, amplify and, you know, uh, build that message and build your fan base. Right. You know, you were saying, Eric, I mean, if you're not playing live in a band, I mean, it's like half of your life is just, gone you know it's so much of what you do writing recording is great but man it's all about that connection that live thing i mean we all grew up going to see bands matt you're wearing a paul mccartney shirt you know you go to those shows and it's an emotional experience you just can't get that with you know uh, a streaming service no no you know offense to the streaming services it's just not the same you just got to get out there and do it right Definitely. I think especially these days with streaming, streaming has become so uh, like the intimacy of falling in love with a record really isn't there anymore these days because you don't have to like buy a record and you don't have to listen to a record. You can just jump from your like algorithmic playlist from one song to another. So like really the only way to truly fall in love with artists and bands these days is like maybe social if like you're being really authentic on social, but really it's just the live show. Yeah. Um, coming and seeing the, the artists live is like the best way to really see what they're about and connect with them. And like you were mentioning, Jay, like, I think what's so special about that tour is like, yes, we are making friends at every show and, and so many random connections that are so serendipitous. And what's so beautiful is now we have friends in all 50 States. Yeah. Uh, this band has friends in all 50 States. And that's just such a cool feeling to be like, we have people scattered all over the country um, who love our band and want to see us succeed and we love them back and we feel really fortunate to have that how mm -hmm. how important was merch sales throughout this tour and then <laughs> a follow-up to that how did you manage merchandise meaning i'm assuming you didn't print like three thousand shirts up in advance and then just have them all you must have been replenishing as you mm -hmm. were going along talk us through that how'd you do that yeah, I um I can answer that. So merch was huge. It made up over 50% of our gross revenue. Um, and it was a combination of online sales. So we had a print on demand service we use called Printful, where the guys sure. created some designs, 
We might yep. have even hired some people to help with the designs. I can't remember. And so we had, and the store is still active and we had all kinds of designs. Um, rewinding for a sec, Eric went on Google and searched like where's Waldo style artists and found this incredible agency in Japan called IC4 Design. And they're the ones who created our Where's Walden Tour poster and oh, all, nice. of the, all of the animation assets that went with that. And so we had all, we had like probably like eight different t-shirt designs, a puzzle poster, um, two different hats. Here's one of the hats. It has our van on the front and where's Walden <laughs> on the back. Nice. And yeah, and uh, so we had oh. all these designs. We couldn't have everything with us. So the online store was always active, always alive, could always sell stuff on our website. And that made up like half of our sales. And then we, the shirts we thought we'd do well, that would do well, or the shirts we wanted to push, we ordered, you know, we started with maybe a hundred and if we sold out, we ordered another hundred. Um, and those obviously were more profitable because you're getting them in bulk, but that was definitely, you know, we, it was a struggle when, you know, you're running out of certain inventory and people really want something. But what we did to manage that is, let's say we were out of hats and someone really wanted it. Of course, they could just go on our website, order the hat. It'll be there in 10 days, but, or sooner. What I would do is I would actually check them out on our square reader. I would actually get their address. I would charge them. And then we would fulfill the order for them because we didn't want to miss a sale. Like we right. didn't want to just smart. Bait. And the idea of them, it's turnkey. They just type in their address. They don't have to go online and type in their credit card info. So we would, there were some nights where we were doing a ton of print on demand sales. And then the next day in the van, Richard and I were on Printful placing orders for fans and smart. doing it on the back end. So merch was super important. Um, you know, the, the tour all in all ended up being profitable, which is that's amazing. Bananas. That's that's that a, says a lot thing. with six guys on the road. Did you guys have a tip jar? So not only do we have physical tip jars, but on our website, and this was the, all credit to the guys, we had tip jar merch items. I saw I was air. gonna bring that up because yeah, we shared when that. when 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 Jay and I first I actually brought this up to Jay before we'd even talked about having you on. I was like, Jay, you got to look at this band. Look at what they're doing. They put basically a donate button as a product right in the merch store. Like just here, buy this for 20 bucks and you're going to help us get a hotel room. And I was like, that was to me such simple, but brilliant and out of the box thinking because most people don't do that they'll have someplace separate oh go to paypal if you want to donate to us i'm like no these guys put it all within their commerce store that is great so yeah continue with that yeah i think that was uh to credit our other singer richard i think that was his idea originally but yeah i think the whole concept was to just gamify as much as we possibly could because uh, our band ran a Kickstarter way early in our career, like year two, I think, of our, our band. We ran a Kickstarter. And Kickstarters are fine, but like every band feels a little bit self-conscious about a Kickstarter. And, yeah. and asking for money is just never fun um, unless you gamify it. And so that's exactly what we did, right? We just tried to get everyone involved on a personal level. So like if you were, if instead of just, you know, sending us some money through a PayPal portal, you could actually like specifically sponsor a hotel room or get the band around a round of drinks or do something to help make our tour more enjoyable. And yeah. on top of just feeling like you've actually done something specific, we would then, you know, shout you out on social media. Uh, like if someone bought us a tank of gas, I'm at, I'm filling the van. On <laughs> That's great. Going, this hey. is your gas going in. Yeah, thank, like, you, thank, Joe you, Jay, Nebraska, thank you, Joe from Nebraska, man. Thank you, Jay, for the, the tank yeah. of gas. Yeah. Like, that's, 
and and that I think just made it so much more special because people really got to see how they were fueling this adventure and it didn't just seem like their money was just floating away into the ether. Yeah. So that was a great feeling on both ends where we felt like we weren't just like trying to suck as much money out of people as possible. Yeah. We were actually just trying to have people get involved and feel like they were a part of our story. Yeah. And vice versa. They got the reward of being able to see that come to fruition. Yeah. It sounds like a collaboration, not pandering. Right. Right. And, and I, I love that so much. Well, let's talk about commerce a little bit, because as you guys know better than anybody on the planet, there's not a lot of revenue for a developing artist or a middle-class artist in sales, streams, downloads. It, that world, there's just not a lot of profit today, even if you're doing premium vinyl. So you've got things like you're talking about, like touring and merch, and then you've got things like sync licenses. Have you guys done much when it comes to experiences, maybe where you will record a song for someone or handwritten lyrics or any of those kinds of things? Yeah, we have done a little bit of that. Um, I think I'm not the best at keeping my word on that stuff. I think maybe we need to get better <laughs> about that going forward. But I think that that stuff is always great as well. Um, I think we were just trying to keep everything sort of tour centric for this because we really wanted, we, we really wanted everything we were offering to be something that felt like it was contributing to the final goal of like getting us through all 50 states yeah so mm -hmm. you know but there was there was one specific experience eric if i could jump in um when people um supported our uh, flights to hawaii and alaska we took polaroid photos in various like parts of those regions and signed them and oh, sent thank you cards cool. That and, is really cool. And so turning the digital world a little more analog, we actually physically sent, not just shared a photo on Instagram, but sent one of one photos. And it was tough sending those because I wanted to keep them all. Yeah, <laughs> <same. those> photos, <laughs> no two photos were the same. Um, and I possess zero of them because they, they were all sent out. But I think that was one area of creativity and showing real appreciation you know, no, nothing says thank you as much as just getting down and writing a card. Yeah. And that, that's something that someone can physically hold on to um, beyond just saving the song on Spotify, you know. So that was one one way we did it. And we tried to, you know, we didn't have any formal meet and greet or VIP experiences because let's face it, this wasn't, you know, like it's hard to manage that in such a <laughs> crazy tour. Like there were sure. a lot of things to your earlier question, things we would have done differently, would have loved to have you know, had a bigger emphasis on making the content as we went and, you know, looking for house shows and things like that. But, you know, I got to give us credit and that we actually pulled it off. There were many days on the road where it was like, are we really at the Badlands? And like, are we really in Yosemite right now? And did we really just play us our first, our debut show in Chicago oversold, like not just sold out, but oversold, like did nice. this really just happen? And so um, definitely it fueled a lot of ideas for ways we can, sort of harness this community and this audience um, in the future and, and continue to show our appreciation because it wouldn't have been possible without the friends and the family who fed us or hosted us or let sure. us do laundry. And the, the strangers, we met people at shows who gave us cash as a tip and said, this should help with a hotel room or, you know, somebody bought a t-shirt and I said, thank you. Like, this is going to buy us Taco Bell, which is the truth. And they said, you're eating Taco Bell here's a hundred bucks, go get something better. Wow. And I, you, you just can't like, even That's though it's amazing. small scale, you just uh, can't make this shit up. Like people no. really cared and saw how passionate and how fueled we were to accomplish it, that they wanted to help 
in whatever way. The drone footage you saw, my buddy Jackson, who hosted us at his family's house outside of DC, um, lent us the drone and wow. said, shoot some awesome content. And we got it back to him and in one did. piece. Yeah. And we did. And so, you know, it's just all the different people. We can't even begin to like count the different people who made direct and indirect impacts on this being able to happen. Um, and that's what it comes down to is the fans, the community, and, and the relationships um, that will hopefully last the lifetime of this, of this band and, you know, and, and continue to thrive and, and flourish. Now, now that, now that the tour is over, do you have promoters, venues that have followed up saying, we want you back? Definitely. There, there were a couple rooms that wanted to book us back with like a more well-promoted and, um, and planned out headline show. Um, there's a music festival that we now have booked for next summer. I don't want to say any, all the details yet, sure. but a really cool one where we didn't even meet the promoter on the road. We met friends of the promoter who saw us at a brewery in Maine with like 40 people there. And we're like, this is like the best band we've ever seen. They have to play our hometown <laughs> festival. And through that, we booked it for next summer. Um, but we definitely have a whole, you know, all kinds of people, promoters, agents, friends who have reached out and who have, I think, sort of like, you know, because this band's been doing it since they were in high school and they've been around. And now people are like, oh, not only do they put on a great show and make awesome music, but like they work hard. You know, it's yeah. not this wasn't no one handed this tour to us. No one um, just snapped a finger and made it happen. So I think there's been a lot of that. And um, very soon we have a cool announcement coming um, in the touring realm. Right. Um, that where we can't wait to, to mention, we're going to, we're going to hold off until, um, we, we mention right. it, um, to the world, but, um, the guys are hitting the road again, um, in the not too distant future. So okay. things have, things have come out of this and little wins and little, you know, little, uh, moves forward, which can hopefully lead to bigger wins yeah. and bigger moves forward. So we, we don't, you know, we count every win and we count every relationship that, you know, really cared about us. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so inspiring. Um, but do us a favor when you do get your news and you, and you release it, let us know. We'll certainly shout it from the rooftops. Um, Thank as you. we wind down, where can people learn more about you guys? Where can they experience everything that you're doing? E? Um, yeah, well, people <laughs> can definitely, <laughs> uh, well, people can go to our website, which is, Matt, tell me I'm not saying this wrong. www.walden.band. Is that right? Well, I mean, I think we still have the where's Walden tour.com domain, we have, don't we? We have two different Google websites. Walden the band. <laughs> Currently, so, where's Walden tour.com. Where's Walden tour.com. To a new domain, but where's Walden tour.com will still get you there. Has that yeah. cool artwork you were talking about. Love yeah, that yeah. so much. So, hey, you so guys. going to our website would be one of the best ways to connect all with right, us. Good. And, um, yeah. From our website, you can also get to all our social media. So we're on Instagram at, at Walden Grams, on, uh, on TikTok at Where's Walden Tour. So awesome. awesome. So, so, so just so you know, I typed in Walden.band. It redirected to the Where's Walden Tour, which redirected to Tone Den. Interesting. Um, yeah. So where's Walden tour.com <laughs> for now. Where's, <laughs> who's our web good. guy? You should get fired. Ah, no, it's <laughs> all good. Where's like Walden tour.com. 
That's all good. There we go. So yes, where's waldentour.com. Definitely go there, people. Go, You'll- yeah, go visit, listen to the music, check out the video for the moment. I may watch that thing again. I, I mean, it was stunning. One of my favorite videos, you know, because I see a lot of videos and they're kind of all the same, you know, where it's a live performance, <laughs> or it's the lonely guy with a guitar walking down the railroad tracks. You know, it's like, okay, we, there's some cliche things, but this was just something where you're watching this whole thing kind of unfold and it was absolutely beautiful uh matt eric thank you so much for joining us keep us posted on everything and we will uh continue to shout it thanks again for uh joining thank you so much guys thanks jay thanks mike really appreciate it visit discmakers.com to place an order for 100 or more cds and when you check out use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping up to a 150 dollar value Somewhat at the core, that is exactly what this podcast has been about since day one, episode one. It's it's do it yourself. It's what can you do without having deep pockets and countless team members who do it all for yeah. you? You know, as a band, you want to tour the country. Here you go. You can see how somebody booked 51 shows across the country, including hawaii and alaska yeah yeah it's really important i think uh, for this podcast we we share best practices and we have guests on that talk about new platforms and things that help the diy artists but nothing helps more than having somebody like these guys they were in the van they were selling the shirts they did it they they slept on couches (laughs) they did everything and it's an inspirational story it's a great narrative you know over 90 days playing all 50 states. Pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. So um, when when they've got their their next upcoming tour ready to be announced, we'll let everybody know. Check them out. I mean, you've got to you've got to follow them because, again, before I mentioned it in the interview, but before we even were talking about having them come on the show, I was like, Jay, these guys are, are thinking outside the box with their marketing here. It's, it's not like starting a Kickstarter or putting the button on that says donate on PayPal. I'm like, they incorporated it right into their e-commerce store. Give us 20 bucks to buy dinner. Give us 20 bucks to fill the gas tank. I'm like, that's, that's not difficult and complicated thinking, but in a sense, it's something that most people would just overlook and go, right. Wow. I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me. I don't have to put a physical product in my commerce store. Right. We just collect the money. And to their credit, here I am filling up my gas tank. Thank you, Jay. You know, your right. donation is putting 20 bucks, topping off the tank while we're here right. in Oklahoma or wherever it is. Yeah. When you get that video from them or like they talked about this other way, they rewarded people getting them from to and from Hawaii and Alaska. That was a personal touch to thanking those people who did that. And that's, that's worth more than a t-shirt. You know, well, that's something that, that you'll cherish forever. That's, you know, a few episodes ago, we said it's about the experience. Mm-hmm. It's the story. It sure and yep. they got a story here and they Great created narrative. experiences here for their fans to become part of this. Yeah. That's what fans want. They want to be part of an experience. That's right. So follow these guys. I think they got some interesting ideas and tactics that they're doing. Um, head over to the artist community over on Bands in Town, artistcommunity.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. 
let's talk about this. What do you what what do you think? You know, do you have some questions? If you bring up some questions, we'll see if we can get Matt or any of the guys from the band to go join the community and maybe they can talk in greater detail about this. But um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about yeah how this happened. What what kind of questions do you have? Have you done something similar to this? You know, maybe it's not touring every state, but have you done something similar? Let's let's talk about it. Um, that's it, everybody. Just one more quick shout out to everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you for your support. And of course, to our sponsors, discmakers.com. We love it that all of you are here helping this show continue week after week. That's it. We'll see everybody next week. Musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.